Welcome back to Dom Day Tales, the official podcast of Dom Day. This is episode two. I'm joined once again by my co-hosts, Kote, Babe, and Donnie. We also have our executive producer, Dizzy, behind the glass. Last time we got together, we discussed all the Rexdale shenanigans that went on to building the foundation of Dom Day and are going to pick up where we left off. Frankly, a few of those ideas we discussed last time could possibly make a comeback for Dom Day 43 once it happens. I actually think that gooning is still technically kosher during the lockdown if anybody's looking for something to do. Today, we're going to hop into the origins of the Windy Jim Steaks and Dom Day One. So pull up a chair, crack a beer, and listen up. Gentlemen, how are you today? Just All good, Justin, in uh, beautiful COVID, but uh, we are surviving. Awesome, awesome. So we'll jump right into it, guys. And I know last time we left off, one of the stories that we felt we really wanted to jump into um, is the origins of the Windy Jim Steaks. And I know we always begin Dom Day with the Men Cup and, and shoot the shit night. But for me, the Windy Jim Steaks has always kind of been that official kickoff to Dom Day. Um, whereas, you know, shoot the shit is kind of the soft opening. But for a lot of us younger guys who weren't there back in the 70s and 80s and all that sort of stuff, the Windy Jim story has kind of been an elusive one. Um, so I guess my first question to you guys is, who was there out of the three of you uh, when the Windy Jim uh, purchase first went down so donnie maybe you talk a bit about how it came about and then because uh, both donnie and i were on the scene at the time and we can add in yeah yeah so so we you know growing up uh where we did in our rexdale you know woodbine was a big part of it right and so uh from the years when we were you know some of us pretty young you know like uh personally i started going to the track gag drive dragged me out there when i was probably eight <laughs> you know <laughs> and uh you know she'd start she she'd slip me a a uh we didn't have any loonies or toonies then but she slipped me two dollars and let me go make a bet right and i walk up to the window i'd be betting it friggin you know eight <laughs> nine ten years old but i know a lot of the guys and, and babe i know and uh eric and uh you know uh sid i remember uh of course dicker who yep. was a, a legend, right? Yeah. And Womp, Womp. And Chev, right? Yeah. Chev was big on the track, and Min, and uh, Frankie. Frankie. Yeah, Frankie. Frankie. Mule Maruk. Mule was a legend there, yeah. right? And uh, and that was the in the days, you know, it's, some of our listeners won't remember, but uh, Woodbine did not, not always have a casino. It was a racetrack, and it was always well known it was it was known as one of the beautiful most beautiful racetracks in the country in north america even prior to the casino uh, action and so we used to go there all the time in the summer i mean uh, quite often just it would be a night out and actually even we would go down to remember greenwood babe yeah yeah so we would hike it down to the beaches right and go to the go to the greenwood track and uh and even over to fort erie mohawk you know what was that other place? Oh, Flamborough, Flamborough Downs. Flamborough Downs, yeah. Yeah. So we all sort of got it, you know, liked liked racing. And I guess we liked betting, you know. And uh, we, I guess we liked losing money. So we just kept going back. And uh, so, uh, you know, and then I remember going with a bunch, bunch of guys. We also went to see Secretariat's uh, last race, which I want to say was 76. I think it was the fall of 76. <laughs> and uh, when he was... Secretary was racing against Kennedy Road and at, Wo uh, at Woodbine, right? At Woodbine, yeah, yeah, that was his last race, right? And so, so we actually there was a crew of us that went, and uh, 
I don't even know who was there. Um, but, uh, you know, we actually, we went, we, you know, we, the crowd was going to be so big. We went mm -hmm. early in the morning just to get, make sure we got in, you know, and I mean, early, like eight o'clock to go to the racetrack, which was dumb. But, uh, so we, we all hung out. We all, we all uh, got, we all enjoyed the races. We learned on the fly. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, I think we all learned a little bit about the, the, the racing form. Right. And, uh, and, uh, I think our fathers or our friends or our cousins or whatever taught us a little bit about the form. We all had our own route for picking horses and, uh, we sort of grew up with it. And so I don't know, babe, how, how we ended up going to the, the sale. Do you? Well, I think Chuck was big in it. Chuck was Chuck Galliagro was big in the racing and, I, I seem to recall that there was a discussion that, you know, we should claim a horse uh, because they had all the claiming races. And then it, it came to, well, they have an auction, a sale um, that we should go to and buy one. And that's sort of how I remember it coming up. And there was, a, I think there's a sale like in a few weeks and it, it really happened pretty quick. Yeah. But there was, you know, obviously, you know, Chuck was a ringleader in a case and yourself and, and dump key. And, uh, I, you know, there's a few other guys too, that, that were at the sale. And I remember that day, like, like it was yesterday yeah. going in there and how nervous we were, how scared of, we had the, the number Chuck had the number. I, I, I want to say it was number 43, but I might be wrong on that, but, uh, you know, he had to sign up for it and it, it was pretty, it was pretty interesting because, you know, as the story will go, you know, there's a lot of, uh, bidding going on, when, you know, we had no right to be bidding. We just thought it was a joke in a way, you know, bidding on horses that were going to go for a hundred grand and getting in at, you know, 20 and 30 grand. Uh, it sounded great, but you know, had it ever stopped at that point, we would have been done. <laughs> so, yeah. so there was no prerequisite uh, to bid on a horse. You could just walk up, sign well, up and say, I'm interested. You had to register, right? Okay. So we, we, we had to, it was very informal, but I remember we had to, we had to check in or whatever it was. Right. So yeah. we, we, I think we saw an ad in the program maybe about yeah. it. Uh, there wasn't a website back then. So yeah. it wasn't that, I think it was a program and uh, we went there and you had to check in, but very informal. So you go in and picture, it's like a, like a, like a round, um, you know, like a round stadium, right. With maybe yeah. what, 20 rows, babe. And, yeah. Yeah. It was like a pen, like a penning, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so we're, we're, we're there together and we're one of the higher rows and, uh, and then we're just taking it all in. Right. We're excited as hell. And, uh, and then they, you know, they, and so this is, this is 78, this is in 78 and uh, we're taking it all in and, and then they start, you know, they start the show and the guy starts announcing and, you know, he's got the auctioneer voice and, and uh, he's, you know, all right, they start bringing horses out and I, you know, I couldn't tell you, but I know early on in the game, we were like, uh Oh, you know, like, like, you know, they brought a horse out and it was like a hundred grand, you know, it went for, and they started it off at 10 grand and we're looking at each other going, well, we're out of our league here. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, so, but you know, and then there was maybe one that went for 20 grand. Right. And maybe one went for 50 and then maybe one that went for eight grand. Right. Babe, that kind of a flow. Yeah that kind of a flow. And so I think we, there was another horse that came out and we just missed. Yeah. yeah. Chuck, Chuck had, yeah. I mean, they had a big brochure on all the horses 
And, you know, just getting back to like, they didn't do any financial checks on anybody. It was just, you know, sign up and put your name and phone number yeah. here. And there was no credit cards. I mean, nobody had a credit card. Yeah, uh, and it was actually quite comical, but they had a big brochure of all the horses and Chuck had gone through and circled a couple. And I remember the one, yeah, we just missed out on, I think we went for a thousand dollars. Yeah. And fortunately somebody stepped up <laughs> the 1200 or whatever it was, right? Because uh, as, you, as you'll hear, as we get on further into it, the, the money wasn't exactly flowing that day. Was it was no. Well, it was from one of us. <laughs> So, so when you guys showed up, I guess your intention was to buy a horse or was your intention just to have a night out? Like what was the intention being there? It was, it was a daytime, right? So it's like a noon start or whatever. Okay. And honestly, so both things we're, we're totally, we're going to buy a horse, right? But absolutely. We're looking no further than that. So we, yeah, we want to buy a horse. None of us had thought any, anything about, okay, what if we get a horse, right? As you'll hear. So we, you know, we go through, and I want to say we sat there for a good 20, 25 horses, you know, oh, yeah. and kind of thinking we're out of our league, right? And then, so I think you're right, babe. Uh, Chuck had us cued in on, on the six-year-old gelding, you know, um, <laughs> who <laughs> who had most recently raced at Finger Lakes. <laughs> Finger Lakes is a racetrack in upstate New York, right? Near Ithaca. And uh, was, the horse's name was Windy Jim. And so Windy Jim comes out. And I, I don't know, did we make the first bid, babe? Or I, I doubt I, it. I, I, I don't think we did. I think somebody jumped and then, then we got into it. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I, again, I don't know for sure, but I want to say it went 100, 200, 300, 400. 500, 600, yeah. right? And then Chuck, you, you got to tell it, babe. You tell it good. So Chuck. <laughs> and so we get the, we get the last bid and Chuck is like, yeah, we got it. We got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got his fist pumping and he's all fired up. And so we're all jumping around. We're so excited. We, we have no concept, as Donnie said, what you do next, Right. And so, you know, they've got our number down. And, you know, as I said, I think it was number 43. And so, you know, we're all, everybody's all fired up. So we go down to the desk to, you know, see what we need to do. And then we find out you got to take the horse right now and you got to pay right now. And so Case calls me over and he goes, <laughs> hey, babe, you know, and I've, I've been working part-time at Sears for, you know, two years. And he goes, uh, listen, um, why don't you get, yeah, do you think you can go get some money for us? And I said, well, yeah, sure I can. He goes, I said, how much? He goes, well, uh, I thought it was 800, but I think it's 600, Donnie. Yeah. He goes, uh, we need 600 bucks. Oh, okay. Which was um, a was, lot of money back. It was like, you know, I was making $4 and 26 cents an hour uh, <laughs> part-time at Sears. So I went to the bank. I went to the Royal bank and I went up to the teller. I said, you know, and you had to fill out your slips had to write them out and I gave it to her and she said, Oh, just a minute. And she went and got the bank manager and the bank manager called me and we sat down and he said, you know, son, why are you taking out all this money? And I said, well, we, we just bought a racehorse. And he was looking at me like, I don't know if to believe him or not. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> so I took that. I got the money, got the 600 bucks and I, 
I think it was all in like fives and tens. And I had a stack like this and I, I'm driving all back to the track to where the, you know, where the auction was. And I got out and I had, you know, big wad of money and they counted it up. And, and then Windy Jim was ours. I yeah. mean, and so Donnie, I mean, we, we had no concept of trainer of where we're going to take this thing, how we're going to take it, because you needed to, you know, you, have, you should have a lead rope. You should have a trailer. You should have, Lots of things in, and, and yeah. a trainer too. Yeah. So the but. guy, the guy, I remember the guy, you know, after you paid for it, whenever he gave you the slip or the receipt or whatever, and said, you know, Wendy Jim's down in stall 28 or whatever it was. Right. And he's like, where's your, where's your van? And we go, we, we don't have a van. <laughs> goes, well, what are you going to do here? Uh, well, we're just going to, we'll take them with us. So, okay. You know, he gets the slip. We go down, we pick up the horse. Right. And, and so then we, Okay. And so we're just, you know, typical, typical Dom day fashion, which wasn't even Dom day yet was like, we're, we're just giggling and having fun. And we we're, we're horse owners. So we go out and we pick up the horse. And then and when babe was gone to the bank, we were sitting there and case and I were discussing and, and, uh, and, uh, and Chuck and talking was like, okay, what are we going to do? Right. And so we're like, well, this guy, Tony Haggerty, who was, um, the general manager of the Warriors junior A team at the time, he actually had a farm up at uh, on the Southwest corner of 27 and Albion. Right. And so a nice piece right out in front of where Westwood arena sits now. So basically in between Westwood arenas and the corner there, and he had a nice piece of land, nice, nice old farmhouse and he had a barn and whatever and we we used to actually go there and, and hang out a bit and you know we'd have parties and stuff like that and so we're like well, tony's got a place he's got a barn he's got extra space up there so let's take windy jim and let's let's just walk him up to to tony's place right so here we are we grab windy jim fortunately he came with a leash right and we we grab windy jim and we start walking him off the track so you, you can imagine like we're you know, you got, a, you got that huge parking lot, which is still there that you had to, so we had to walk them across the parking lot up on the Rex, Rexdale Boulevard along the side of the road to the corner and wait for the light to change. <laughs> and so the light, the light changes and then we're walking this horse across uh, Rexdale Boulevard on the, on the west side of 27. And we're walking, walking the horse across, we get across and like people are looking at us like, what the heck, you know, whatever. And and then we just start walking up the west side of 27. So we got we got a fair distance to go, right? You think about it, Rexdale Boulevard, all the way up to just about Albion, right? We got a fair distance to go, and we're walking along and and uh, and you know talking to the horse and you know petting it, and whatever. We don't we don't know what the heck we're doing and stuff like that. We get up by by Humber College, right? And you know there's that ravine. There, I assume it's still there. There was yep. like a ravine, right? And uh, part of the Humber River. Yeah, and it's 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 you know not heavily wooded, but there's trees and shrubs and overgrown trees and shrubs. I guess would be a great way to describe. It. Probably a few paths down there from where kids used to go with on it and stuff like that. And, and I don't even know what happened, but whoever was was uh, you know had the leash lost control of the leash, so. Wendy Jim takes off down in the hum, down in the ravine, right west of twenty seven. <laughs> so, so we get off on a gallop, you know, like we're we're trotting after this, thing, right? 
and Wendy jumps racing around down there. And like, fortunately, I guess it wasn't wide open space because you know Wendy Jim is sort of navigating down there and, and we're chasing it and this and, and we get to the point where we're like cornering the horse right we, we finally get down there and this is like midsummer right so it's not a you know I mean I don't know it's an 80 85 degree day probably it was sunny I remember that fortunately and we we finally corner <laughs> corner the horse <laughs> somebody grabs the leash and this I babe that had to take that had to take a good half hour like, well, yeah, because I remember I drove to Tony Haggerty's. So we had a bunch of us that drove and then whoever was walking the horse and we were like, what could have happened? Like, where could they be? Right. <laughs> well, maybe, now we maybe it was me that lost the leash. <laughs> maybe. I was looking for somebody to pin it on. But I, uh, so I think Case was there with me. I, yeah. I think Case and Dumpke maybe, you know, and uh so we, anyhow, we finally get Wendy Jim and we're walking them back up the ravine, up the hill, up the side of the road on the 27. And there we go. Keep going all the way up 27, you know, crossing at a few of those lights and people looking at you. And, and, uh, <laughs> and then we get to Tony's place. And uh, so did you wait for us, babe? At yeah, the- we waited for you guys. Okay. Yeah. And you, you had not given Tony a heads up, right? At that no, point. no, no. We thought Tony knew. Right. Cause I, cause I had gone to get the money and you yeah. guys were, you know, had the plan. And when you came back yeah. said we're going to Tony's, I thought he knew about it. Yeah. So, so we get up and we walk up and we knock on Tony's front door, you know, horse in and, hand. Yeah. Horse in hand. <laughs> so Tony answers the door. He's like, what? And, and uh, so, you know, he would, and a super guy, really nice guy. Um, uh, really good. Uh, it was great for lacrosse and all really good, good guy. And, uh, had a nice farmhouse and he opened the door and it's like, Oh, <laughs> like Tony, we just bought this horse and we need a place to, you know, to put him. Is it okay if we use, you know, use your bar in one of the stalls? And he was like, yeah, no problem. You know, and he comes right out and takes us, you know, it's cause the barn's probably a, you know, a couple stones throws from his house. And we walked back to the barn and we get into the barn and he fires down some hay and whatever and we're we're like and the i i think he brought out a brush or two and we just you know he's like well this is what you got to do <laughs> and uh you know time's getting on and we're like okay so we bought a horse we walked him all the way up 27 we found him a home temporary home because i don't think we said look tony we're gonna we're gonna put him here forever it was just like can we keep this horse here for now and, uh, you know, it's getting late. We got to go home. <laughs> you know, <laughs> who's going to take you got some gooning home? to do. Yeah, so, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was just wild. I remember, and I, you know, then you left and you went home, you went to bed and you're like, oh, shit, you know, we own a horse. Oh. And so, uh, you know, I think Tony probably said, look, well, you know, who's going to take care of it? Who's going to? feed it who's going to wash it who's going to you know so we like just started taking turns right and and uh we were either playing lacrosse some guys were working some guys were doing both would just go up and take turns and take care of the horse and so did so did windy so did windy jim ever race i guess is the the question or no 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 not with not with us anyways um 
but we had no concept of, you know, you got to take it out. You got to run under on the track. You need to, uh, who was the guy you were going to get to ride it? Down? Yeah. So we, we had this <laughs> guy and we had this guy in our class at West Humber. His name was Gary Thibodeau. Right. And he was about four foot 11 and he weighed about 77 pounds. And we, you know, he's a good guy, but we used to always kid him about it. We called him Tibsy. So, you know, I'm like, guys, I'm, I'm going to call Tibsy. He's going to be our rider. <laughs> so, so I got a hold of Tibsy. I said, look, we got a horse. We, you know, we're going to get him ready. We're going to, you know, we're going to race him. You're going to be, our, you're going to be our rider. And he's, he was like, okay. You know, so, I mean, little did we know, right? I mean, we had, we had no concept. I think, I think Wendy Jim was sort of lame from the start too. Yeah. There was something wrong with it. Yeah. I think they shot up Wendy Jim at, at the show, which was quite a thing back in the day, I think. And, uh, you know, prayed him around. He looked great and whatever. But then, you know, it might have been day two, babe, where he started yeah. to like limp, right? He started to limp. And either what was that, the time? What was the time frame for all this guy? Because I, I don't remember it. Like, I remember hearing about it, but like, what was yeah. the time frame? Some of the time, the day you guys bought him until the day you realized, hey, well, this isn't going to fly. I think, I think it's, uh, I think it's, I, I want to say it was post Dom Day One. So it was like yeah. in July of Dom Day One. Uh, I, so I six weeks type thing, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I think it was yeah. probably less than that. Yeah. But it's sort of just, you know, as Donnie said, people were going up, you know, washing it, taking it out for a little walk. But it wasn't, you know, you weren't training the thing. It wasn't running. It was like it was. It was like it was a pet. <laughs> <laughs> it was. What did you, and did somebody go up and buy a bag of feed? Oh yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, probably babe, but somebody. <laughs> so, so. We had to buy a few supplies and stuff, but he, he just started limping pretty bad. Um, and then, uh, call and then people, people, other people would come by to see him. Right? <laughs> yeah. We should charge if we would have charged a buck. For you might have made some money. Yeah. Right. And then actually the Etobicoke Guardian. Right. Yeah. So we, they, we, knew, they, yeah. we, knew, we knew this guy who wrote up the Warrior Games for the Guardian, Mike Stinson. Mike. And we, to we told Mike at the next game, look, we got a horse and whatever. He says, well, I'll send somebody up. They'll do a story on it. So the Guardian shows up at Tony's place one day. And that's that one picture we have yeah. is, is from the Etobicoke Guardian where Wendy Jim's standing there. And it looks like, like there's four or five, five of us and nobody's close to the horse. <laughs> We're standing away from it. <laughs> and... Uh, so that's fortunately we have that to prove it. Everybody else will say this story's nuts, but you know, I mean I, I've told it a million times and people love it. Love it. It's just how'd you um, get rid of it? Well, I don't know. yeah, it just uh, we had an, a bit of an incident. Remember, all of a sudden uh, uh, it it went up to a farm in Woodbridge. Or yeah, something. yeah, and uh, it went. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't 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 wasn't. The core its, group that put on its it. side, <laughs> it was somebody else that, uh, yeah, yeah, that took it. And, uh, you know, we that was the last we saw of it, really. So, we, I think, uh, <laughs> good investment, hey, baby. Yeah. It was a great investment. Yeah. To this day, I don't think anybody ever paid me, by the way. So, is there, is there, there anybody? Claim. Yeah, I was going to say, now that you have this platform, is there anybody you want to send Dizzy after to collect? I think that's a couple thousand dollars. In in today's uh, yeah, money today's dollars yeah be at least five to ten grand yeah yeah were, were either of the mccrays involved no 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 you know they didn't have that they didn't want to pay for the gas money to go to the bind 
<laughs> yeah, you need a couple nickels to get into the wood. Bag, How I many think. guys were there? Was there a half dozen of you probably involved? I think I, I seem to remember uh, six for a hundred each. I think. Yeah, Jerry Sobey was he involved too? Could have been. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was it was classic. It yeah. was, you know, but being in the in you know at the auction in the ring, you know, sitting up there, it was exciting. Like it was, you know, for I, I was a young guy and I I was. I was nervous. Like you were scared to move, right? Because, boy, what if they, your you nose. Know, nail you? Yeah, they <laughs> nail you. With a horse. Yeah. Hundred grand. It was crazy. It's so, crazy. So six hundred dollars turns into a bit of a dom day tradition, and now every year you get to see Cote yell at a couple jockeys, and and you know, toss your forty dollars into the into the center, and and hopefully, uh, you know, maybe get a beer at Remo's out of it later in the night. Um, but that's how some of these things become tradition, I guess. So that's, uh, that's yeah, an awesome story. And then, and then after that, like, you know, it just sort of, uh, the story hung out there and, and grew a longer tail every year. And, uh, and then eventually like, um, ends up sponsoring the race. Yeah. We, we would, we would start unofficially. We would just start going to the track the day before the, um, the tournament. Right. And so we would go. And I, you know, I'm talking like six guys, eight guys, you know, maybe whatever. And then, um, so I guess maybe around Dom day 15 or so, we started to tag it with a name, you know, we call it the windy gym stakes and we picked one race during the day and made that the windy gym stakes sort of made fun of it, whatever. And then by the time it was Dom day 25, Dom day 30, it was roaring. You know, I mean, so it, it developed into, as you say, Justin, the, the event that you that you sort of think is what kicks everything off. Right. And there, there's a huge crowd there now. Right. So did guys eventually somebody eventually call contact Woodbine and, and, and allow us to have our name affiliated with the with the race? Yeah. Like race six or yeah. whatever it was. What was it? Race yeah. five. So, yeah, we were able to get in there and, and you got the blanket and, you know, you're able to go down and, and give that out. But I, I just I just remembered this when we were signing up to you know bid on or you know for the auction at Windy Jim the guy said what stables are you guys with oh yeah and case case out of nowhere goes El Cid stables (laughs) 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 oh shit unbelievable so that's why it's Windy Jim stakes you know El Cid stables awesome Hopefully we'll be back at, uh, at Woodbine in, in no time. Um, but oh, that's a fantastic story. So with that guys, we're going to hop over to Dom day one. Um, this is, uh, you know, some interesting stories coming out of Dom day one, in, including, uh, as we hinted at last time, apparently, uh, Cote was a, a pretty darn good ball player in, in Dom day one. He said he played shortstop center field, maybe even a little sec- second base bat lead off back cleanup, all that sort of stuff. But we'll, we'll, we'll put that on hold for a bit. So guys, just kind of take me back to Dom day one, um, just to kind of set the stage. What was Donnie, maybe you could start with, what was the format of Dom day one? Like, was it what we know today, a Friday to Sunday round Robin, or what was kind of the format for Dom day one? No. So we, so, you know, we, we talked about how we ended up with four teams, right. And we had, we had drafted players and we said, okay, we're going to start and it was going to be a one-day tournament, so um, on on the Saturday, which was July first, and we would run a round robin that day, where one through one through four all played each other, 
And then the top two teams would play the following day, the Sunday at noon for the championship. So that was the format in the first year. So um, we, uh, we set the schedule up, started at nine. So I want to say nine, 10, 11, 12, one, two, you know, et cetera. And then uh, we, uh, we, then we had the, that year we had the dawn day party on the Saturday night. So we, we played all the, the games and uh, we knew who was going to be in the final. Right. So I think, you know, uh, so Chuck's Chuck's team went undefeated. They were three and oh, and I think Pete's team was two and one bears bears uh, team was one and two. And my team was zero oh and three. And so the final was going to be Chuck's team against uh, so we, we started calling it Gallegra's girls and uh, against the red machine the next day. So then we had the first Dom day party um, later that night. And then we, you know, we could talk about the party in a little bit. And then we had the championship the next day, but the, you know, the, so we showed up at the field, you know, uh, a sprinkling of, of people watching, you know, four teams, you know, we're doing this one day tournament, um, you know, there were, there were people there, but not a lot. Right. Guy, uh, maybe 10% of the guys had girlfriends, right? Like, yeah. like, yeah. You know, maybe less. Look at the yeah, guys. Exactly. Like hardly yeah. anybody did. And <laughs> I don't think we did that much drinking at the field really. Right. Like uh, during the day, I don't remember pounding beers. Like we had no. them there. We had <laughs> them there. Cote, do you remember pounding beers at the last Dom Day? Or no, he doesn't that remember just, that. No, 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 I think <laughs> that's, remember any that's, Dom Day. I was going to yeah. say that's the impact of drinking at Dom Day is you typically yeah. don't remember pounding the beers or the blender drinks. But yeah. okay, so so how many how many uh, you were saying how many fans and and you know I I know for for me personally I know my dad did not play in Dom Day one but he was there to umpire Dom Day one so I guess tell me a bit about kind of the format with umpiring and all that sort of stuff was now it's guys who are playing but it was it just any old guy kind of off the street hey we need an umpire or how'd that work out well it was basically yeah. we just we just uh, you know it was whoever you know so we, we had one game and we looked to grab two umpires and we put them on the sideline the next game same thing there were no rules there were. I mean, there were bit, we were playing rules, but the, you know, whoever could umpire and we just looked to guys that look like they might know the game. Right. And then we, as we went through that day, we recognized that some people shouldn't be umpires like me. You know, so, so, and you know, like your dad, Justin. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, I was going to say Donnie 43 years later, we do still have that problem. Right. Where usually around Saturday at 2 p.m., Jordan Escannon, who now is the head umpire, will come to us and say, you know, there's a few guys who should not be umpiring anymore yeah. that are on the schedule. So same thing was going on, you know, and yeah. uh, so and we would have had like two bats, yeah. maybe oh, two yeah. bats. Right. And they were probably wooden, yeah. wooden, wooden bats, in the day yeah. and, and maybe two balls. Right? right. And so if you fouled one off, you had to go get it. Did yeah. we have bases? I don't think we had bases. If they did, they weren't nailed in. Like I, because yeah, I remember I that remember. where the guy go going to second, hit the base, and it goes scooting yeah. out into the outfield. Yeah. So and and there was no home run fence. Right. That, like if so somebody that was, hit it over your head, it was going. And it that was, was a big, you know, yeah. Big difference was that that year the guy that hit the screaming liner was huge because it didn't hit the fence. It kept going to the you know the pavement back there and. uh so it was a completely different game. No home run fence and uh, um, some big scores. Um, and uh, we just, you know, we just, we kept score 
Uh, don't think we didn't have a scoreboard no. or a, but you're right. Big a, scores because there was only nine guys on the field, like as opposed to when now when we have a Rover, right? So you had three yeah. guys in the outfield and it was huge. Right. Right. For help. Yeah. If a guy, like you said, Donnie, if a guy hit a screamer, it was oh. gone. That guy, that was a home run. Yeah. Yeah. Was think, it the, oh, go ahead, babe. I think, you know, just the coaches kept score. I don't remember. We didn't have any official scorekeeper. No. I think no we more. just kept it amongst the guys. Yeah. Yeah. Nicole yeah. Wolf was still a swimmer at that stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, there's no, no bats, no bases, no balls, no, no scorekeeper. So Nick Wolf was definitely not playing at this time in, in Dom Day. He was, no. he no. didn't come in for a few years later, is my understanding. Yeah, but, so, but, but you had like uh, Dick, Dick Delmer was running the show, right? So he, he was the first commissioner, right? And so he went by the alias of Smokey Burgess. So he had, he had, he had sent out a letter or two prior to the tournament that, he, you know, Smokey Burgess, Dom Day commissioner, and he had laid out the game plan and, and the rules. So he, right from the get-go, he was, he was organizing the field, right? So he was, he was, and he was keeping score, babe. He would have, yeah. scores and, you know, and then we would get into pissing matches back and forth. Oh. The competitive fire was just unbelievable. Yeah. You know, <laughs> especially, you know, if it was foul, not foul. And right. I get Play, plays at first base, oh, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Woodford was great for always getting it oh, into yeah. with somebody, right? The yeah. call at first base. Yeah. Because it was, I mean, I, I, I just, everybody wanted to beat the shit out of everybody else. <laughs> remember, <laughs> you know? remember Cornish was umping? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. 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 And he would have been into the juice. Right. For sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Probably a couple of heaters. <laughs> <laughs> remember he was just fried too because he's had a few beer and he was standing in the sun and and then all hell broke loose yeah so close for, call for those people listening in the and certainly yeah. the youths bill cornish a west humber guy and he was uh he he had the residence where gretzky lived when uh gretzky lived in rexdale and uh if you ever could have picked a more loose cannon it was bill cornish and that's where gretzky spent his uh year and a half when he went to west humber it is pretty amazing. Yeah. He said, he always told me, he said at Gretzky's wedding, he and his girlfriend at the time we were invited and he said he was the most drunk. <laughs> and we didn't argue it. No, no. At all. he is a legend, an absolute legend. Yeah. So they, they, you know, the games went on in the day and you just, it's hard to picture the sidelines now because there was no canopies, right? There was, there was those fold out chairs, right? The uh, nylon uh, or whatever they were, right? With Remember? The metal and nylon. Yeah. yeah. The, metal woven, and nylon. the woven right. nylon. Yeah. The coolers were all those um, styrofoam. Foam ones. Yeah. The, right? The st- styrofoam ones. And not the ones that you buy now that you buy for five bucks and you throw away. I mean, they charged you back then. That was the big thing, right? So that was, that was a $15, $20 cooler. It, that was somebody's fall to... on it and just yeah. blow it to pieces. <laughs> right. Right. A case uh, two for a beer was seven bucks. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, I remember my parents, my mom and dad were there the whole day. They wouldn't miss a thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They sat at that same tree for under Mrs. Ever. P's tree. Yeah. tree yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And all the parents would come by. I yeah. think a lot of the parents came by and spent yeah. at least a couple hours. Right. And, uh, we just sort of got to know each other and, and you're right. Not, not a lot of girlfriends. Um, like the George Gallagher's of the world would have been there for sure. Right. They look oh, yeah. around the corner yeah. and he, you know, oh. he thought Chuck was going to the show still. So, yeah. 
Yeah. And George was there. And then, you know, I think there was a lot of loose Jugge there too. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, they're probably on the hunt. Right. Yeah. yeah. For, for a fresh <laughs> ball player. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> looking, looking for Rexdale's top athletes. Right. I mean, you don't have, look, you don't have to use your imagination too much. Close your eyes and just picture us when we were, you know, 18, yes. 20. I mean, <laughs> right. idiotic looking short shorts, the whole nine yards. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so do you guys remember um, who played in the first game? Like the the teams that faced off in the first game, do you guys remember that? I think we played, babe. Yeah, but I you know, I, uh, but I, I don't know, know if we played Red Machine or Gallagher's Girls. Yeah, but you do know, know you lost. We, we got shellacked. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, yeah. We just so, weren't good. We yeah. were pretty happy yeah. about our uniforms, but that yeah. was about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you you were talking last time about so this arrival story, the Beasley. So you guys came out with a bang. So just, yeah, we, I know we kind of talked about it briefly, but just kind of remind us about. Yeah, we went, we went and got the uniforms at the Rexdale Plaza t-shirt shop. And uh, we had the lime green uniforms with Beasley's on the front numbers on the back. And we had green Rexdale uh, warrior shorts and we had a blue Cooper hats that uh, Shrepsy's mom had got us. And we came out of the back of a van in the middle of, you know, right behind second base. And we were pretty you know, pretty solid, you know, and uh, ready to go. Got out there, whipped the ball around, and Al Skira, I think, probably had pants on, babe. Yeah. I don't yeah. even know. I think, I think he took the shorts off. Like, he, it was just, like, <laughs> the guy never so was great. Shorts. So, so Kote, you would have been on the other side of this and probably at the field. Do you do you remember the Beasleys showing up in, in a van or were you intimidated or? certainly weren't intimidated we saw the cast of characters on the other side and stuff like that so no and when, and remember i was on pete's team and pete was if, if dom day one he was serious oh yeah he, he did not want to lose and you know we, we ended up going on to win or i guess we ended up no we didn't go undefeated but we won but yeah he, he had no intention of of us just screwing around even a few of us wanted to get into the slop yeah and and you you guys were you the team that was practicing before dom day cote well, these guys seem to indicate that yes. we ended up at Elms one night, and, and we very well could have been. I do remember yeah. playing at Elms one time, so that's probably what we were doing. Yeah, because you had Pete, you had Billy Howe, you had Al, you had Davey Burnett, you had Wayne Neeson. Neeson, yeah. Here? Yeah. No. No? Who's okay. Is he I, the guy in the picture far left? Yes. No, bo- uh, yeah, bottom. Bottom left, yeah. yeah. Bottom left. And you yeah. had Tony Salucci, who's beside Pete. And then you had uh, Billy Howe. Right. Yep. And then you and you had, I said, Gorp. Who is that? Yeah. 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 So it's Adal. Did you say Al and Gorp, right? Both. Yeah. 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 yeah, Both. Yeah. So, uh, oh my God. Yeah. And uh, we had team, good team. Our lineup, we had, uh, we had Babe, myself, we had Mike Pickle. Yeah. Remember Pickle? And uh, Schwepsi. We had Case and we had uh, Kenny Brook, Sid, and Al Skura. Your weakness right. was those last two. <laughs> <laughs> Donnie, I remember we were trying to get all the lacrosse guys because I think we, the one we were missing was Dumpkey. Dumpkey, yeah. 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 So and we, I forget who snagged them on us. But... I, I only picked lacrosse guys. And then I, <laughs> I, 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 I did that for the first three years. And then finally, Bobby, like Bobby got the hang of it. 
maybe year two or year three, he's like, you know, he knew who I was going to pick. So, so he would lay off a guy cause he knew he'd get him on the rebound. Right. Cause he knew I would take some lacrosse guy that wasn't as good as the next ball player that should have got picked, you know? So, but we just wanted all the warriors on that team and uh, it didn't work out. So looking back guys, I guess, you know, when you look at some of the performances and, and all that, I, I noticed the silver brick wasn't handed out in, in Dom day one. But if you guys were able to go back retroactively and give somebody the silver brick, is there anybody who jumps out of your mind as somebody you guys thought going into Dom day one would, would be a, you know, a, a hot shot, but, but turned out to be uh, needing to be adjusted in the standings for Dom day two was, was there anybody like that? I think you could probably look at the whole Beasley's team. I think it would be a joint uh, award that year because <laughs> on paper, we looked really good. And uh, we just didn't perform. And I don't know what it was, Donnie. Maybe it was a time of day. Maybe it was a time of year. I've, I've had a snappers team like that where <laughs> yeah. literally everybody deserved the, uh, the silver brick. And we ended up giving it to our, our, our guy we drafted in the first round, which was Kevin. So who did you guys take round one that year? So Bruno was our top pick. Yeah. Bruno. Scrubs. So, so we, I took, I, I think I took Bruno and then, um, I, I don't know after that. I mean, I want to say it was pick. But, yeah, uh, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Did he uh, play lacrosse? Yeah. Yeah. He was a really good player. Yeah. Yeah. Great hockey He's a great player. athlete. Yeah. yeah. I knew they were good hockey players, right? Him and yeah. his brother. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess uh, maybe my question then, Donnie, yeah. putting you on the spot here retroactively, should Schweppes have gotten the silver brick here one? I don't think so. No. Nope. Schweppes was awesome. Yeah. 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 In fact, we, here's another story. We had this one play. So, I, I, so yeah. So we had this one play that we designed that was called 44. Right. And so whenever I called out 44 Schweppes, who was playing short would go right up and literally be right beside the pitcher, like right beside the pitcher, because we, we thought we had a guy that either a would, would just drive one right in his mid or B could barely hit. And so Schweppes would run out and get it. So, so the whole day we started doing four, 44 against each team, right? We picked a guy on each team. And uh, I'm trying to see here who we might like Jack Shipley. Yeah, Shipley. <laughs> Shipley, who played for Chuck's team, you know, I, you know, so we, we would do 44 against Shipley. And then uh, for Bears team, I, I don't know who, who we, you know, I don't know. Shermie was Shermie. Shermie, yeah. Yeah. Well, Shermie was pretty good though. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he was a ball player. I think. Player, yeah. 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 Was but, Huffy uh, on that team or was he? No. It's funny. Huffy's not in the pictures. Oh yeah. There he is. Yeah. He was on Chuck's team, but I think, uh, yeah. So, so anyhow, it was just 44 was great. And a couple of them Schweppes just stuck his hand, yeah, no. hand up and grabbed him. Right? Like it was amazing, you know? So, but no, I mean, I, I, I don't for think the kids was, too, Donnie. I mean, there was no screen. Like there was no, the pitcher was right. No pitching screen. Yeah. Either wide open. Right. So yeah. Yeah, Donnie, uh, Donnie's Mellon had to meet a ball for that to change. Yeah. yeah. And we'll talk about the other thing one, too sure. was we, I don't know when we started cutting the, the grass oh. at the field. So you, you dealt with what you had. And well, yeah. We had years yeah. where that we had the puddle in right field. field. Right. Yeah. And that was that big, spot where the soccer field was like where the so it was a bit of a disaster what were we going to say donnie no yeah i was just going to say like we didn't have 
we would we wouldn't even think to oh maybe we should call the borough and see if they could cut the grass we were just we would just hope they would cut it before the tournament right it was no none of that and uh and so it was a disaster sometimes out in the field out there um and no no obviously no no line down the right field like no we didn't have tank huntley doing the lines then down the field and that so and no dumpers right no dumpers no barbecue no you know none of that stuff so but we had a ton of fun i mean i remember that day like it was yesterday you know just uh hanging out and uh, there was definitely some beverages consumed and uh and it was sunny it was a beautiful day um and uh and then we you know we probably got done at the field by five or six i guess and uh nobody really hung around they went back grabbed a quick shower and we headed over to the party so where was where was the party year one so the party was at bob brant's parents house bob right? brant's so parents right up near west humber um I don't know the name of the street, but uh, near West Humber Collegiate, um, right up in there, and uh, nice place, you know, or it was nice before the party, and <laughs> and, uh, and it, everybody showed up, and and uh, led by uh, one of the panelists here, uh, everybody uh, was true to form, and, <laughs> and uh, several people got jacked out of their minds. I know in the previous episode, I kept saying none of this fun really involved alcohol, but the fun that night sure did. Sure did. Yeah. And, and I think Cote was, uh, was involved in, in a, in a pretty, uh, uh, interesting story that night. He ended up on a, a roof. I think yeah. uh, I heard yeah, yeah, with, yeah. A, with a hose. Paul, can you tell us why yeah. we don't know? And I, I think it was probably <laughs> Donnie probably urged me to go up there and, and we'd ask people to come outside to look at something and then just give it to them. <laughs> And I, that was that was like eleven or twelve, wasn't it, Donnie? It was later on. Oh yeah, yeah. but that yeah. was if I'm right. Like, wasn't it a big two story he had? Yes. Yeah. Like the yeah. the yeah. fact that it didn't fall off there is a oh. miracle because it was so, way. Yeah, I mean something. I mean back then they probably paid fifteen grand for it. Would probably sell for what one point five million now. Yeah, or, and God only knows yeah. how I got up there. Like, yeah, and why? Why? Had, yeah. yeah why? why? Why after consuming you know twenty beverages? You know, let alone stubbies. You yeah. know, yeah. why? Back in you... the day, though, they probably had the the um, the wife the, the antenna that went up, like the TV antenna. Yeah, right? I think so that's you, how you right. did get up. Yeah. So you just went up the side of the house that way, and yeah. boom, you were there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember people coming back in just soaked. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, Cote, oh. Cote, did you remember the next day? That you were up on the roof, or were you just don't even know how I got don't even know how I got home. Could have walked. No. I'm not sure because it wasn't that far from the Kipling Bridge, right? Like they were just if, when you went across the Kipling Bridge and made a left on John Garland, weren't they right there? Yeah, not too far. Uh, yeah, just just around the corner. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, and total total blur. No, and idea. you had a big championship game the next day. Was your uh, was your coach okay seeing uh, seeing you up on the roof uh, <laughs> intoxicated? Uh, I, I didn't give a shit. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> That's changed a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, but it was. I mean, uh, it wasn't just Cote. Several people got very inebriated. And, and were there, we had we had tunes and we were dancing. Oh yeah, we were dancing the yeah. whole night. You know, 
And were there any formalities like there are today, like speeches, or was it just show up with a case of no. beer, get yeah. drunk, get home? Like that sort of, you know, get hosed off by Cote from the roof. Yeah. Yeah. Bring a two, four, drink yeah. a two, four, yeah. take a two, four home. <laughs> that was our motto. That was yeah. a motto. <laughs> it was great. It was great. Yeah. Like what time did we, the next day, what time did the final go to go 11 or at noon? Noon. Yeah. Yeah. It was noon. It was sparsely attended. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I want to say that the Gallagher's girls had beaten the red machine pretty soundly. Soundly. Yeah. In the yeah, day. I've got it. Yes. I've, I've got the record showing 52 11 for the well, final. That, that was the final, final. was, was for, oh, for, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. For the red machine. Yeah. But the, the, the round Robin game was uh, like, you know, the uh, opposite, the opposite kind of yeah. thing. And so, oh, really? so some of the, some of the uh, Gallagher's guys must've got, you know, into the, sh- sauce as well we had no fireball or no peach schnapps i don't, I don't know what we, it was just it was just, was just beer but i i don't know they just blew a tire and it was over after like two innings or something it was bad they might have been a little too cocky too that yeah. group and the rest of the crowd was just somber on the sidelines because <laughs> they so, were hung over yeah, yeah. No, no blender party no, no blender party well no. we had no mercy rule there was nothing it was no. just painful to watch so donnie and babe you guys would have been eliminated but did you guys go back and watch the uh the championship the next day were you there Ab- absolutely yeah. yeah 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 it was yeah and we thought it would be a great game and it was just horrible <laughs> oh my god and you know it gets to a point where you know chuck was heaving his glove down and kicking it around and you know i mean it was just bad and you know as dom day baseball is you know a guy hits a single and it turns into a home run Guys back then we threw it all over the place. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> back then <Yeah>. last year, <laughs> but I would think I'm trying to think, and I think probably the final was nine innings. Yeah. Hey, Donnie. Yeah. 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 No, no mercy. Played nine innings for all the games on Saturday. Yeah. yeah. No mercy. And the, and the, the bombs were being hurled from the sideline. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Chuck was getting pissed off. <laughs> so the red machine beat the girls 52 to 11, as I said, um, Cote, how many of those runs do you think you contributed of the 52? Well, I think everybody did. Cause it was so many of them, right. It was just like, get on guy, drive you in and stuff like that. So it was, uh, yeah, no, I, I played pretty good back then. It was, uh, cause I was, yeah, I was playing a bit of ball out of Brampton and stuff like that with some of the West Humber guys, like, Brian Stanford and Blair Barber and those guys. So I had a half decent <laughs> idea what I was doing, but good we thing. were all we were all hurting pretty good. Remember when you brought Blair Barber out for a game, he, and he he struck out every time. Oh, that's right. Yep, exactly. And, he and this is Cote's a good buddy of Cote's, and we knew him as well. And he was an unbelievable baseball player, like fastball. He, he'd never played, never played slow pitch. That's yeah, it. and he got up, and he's a big guy, and he struck out every time. Yeah, uh, that's right. Yep. And he was like, F this, and he was out of there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's funny that you mentioned that, babe. I forgot all about that. So it's so, pretty comical. So Cote, you win you win Dom Day One, win the your first of 10 championships. Uh, I was checking the record book. And was there a trophy? Was it just all right, we kicked their ass, let's go home, or like you know. Yeah, I think we kind of like slapped hands a bit. I think we probably shook the other team's hand, and I assume we stuck around and had a few beers at the field. But it, I think guys were hurting pretty good, and it was like we were. I, I would assume if you went by there at three o'clock, maybe Schweppes and a few of the boys were down the 
the one line. I, I don't think we stuck around long. No, Is there a and, trophy? No trophy. No, no trophy. But you have to remember too, back in that those days, like the liquor store wasn't open on Sunday. I mean, I don't think it was open Monday at the beer store. So if you if you bought it on Friday or Saturday and yeah. you didn't buy enough, you were done. And it yep. wasn't like today where you just go into somebody's cooler and grab a beer. Guys were the coolers were heavily guarded back in the day. Guys weren't giving up their beer for you. Yep. Yeah, even though the McCrays tried. Okay. So uh, that's it, it oh, was pretty ahead. it was pretty somber. I mean, I, I think I think I had it right home and hit the sack. I mean, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. So that's that's Dom Day One. And I guess kind of throughout this whole thing, one of the things that we kind of mentioned at the beginning is that you know, very little throughout the initial stages of, of Dom Day One was their talk about, hey, this is going to become an annual tournament that, you know, 43 years later, we're going to be sitting on a podcast talking about the origins. But at what point, Donnie, would you say that, you know, the conversation started to happen about, hey, let's do a Dom Day Two? So, so we kept playing ball, right? So the, the tournament was over, but I, more than likely we were out there that Tuesday or Thursday or whatever, right after playing ball again for the rest of the summer. So we're playing ball and of course saying, you know, that was, that was great. You know, we had a great time and, you know, um, you know, maybe next year we could do this or maybe next year we could do that or, you know, maybe just do it again that way. And so the talk right away was that, you know, everybody had such a good time and I, by everybody, I mean, not just the players, but the parents and the, the girlfriends and the families, whatever, it was just, they had a great time and they wanted, everybody wanted to do it again, very, very clearly. And then that, the rest of that summer in 78, um, there was a number of guys that were leaving that fall to go away to, to uh, university. And, um, and then that was also the, at the, 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 uh, the birth of the name 10 men came late, later that summer. And uh, a quick story on that, but because uh, nobody really knows where that came, but it's, it's kind of funny. And we're, we're, we're uh, again, we're back to this McDonald's, right? And so probably play, probably playing ball and we head over to McDonald's and uh, we're all standing in line there at the waiting to order. And um, this rather well endowed woman comes in to, to lines up, you know, to get her food and whatever. And the boys, you know, there's, there's 10, 12, 14 of us standing there, you know, and she catches our eyes and we're looking around and giggling and, you know, and this, whatever. And I'll never forget case just, just all of a sudden turned and said, and he put his hands up like this and said, she's built like 10 men. <laughs> and, and then we just, we lost it and we just ran with that. And because then right after that we figured out and i don't want to say there was exactly 10 but there was around 10 10 of us that were leaving to go to school so we were all you know leaving like uh bear was going to texas texas yeah. uh, case was going to windsor and um uh, pete was going to queens and uh, al was going to uh, maidstone, <laughs> maidstone. <laughs> I can't wait for that one. Right. And, uh, you know, I was going down to, to Hopkins and so we were all leaving. And so the rest of the summer we were sort of building up to that. And then, um, but really we, I think by the, by the end of the summer, we were like, 
we're definitely doing this next year. You know, there's no question about it. And then it continued throughout the school year when we were all away because uh, we started some cool things that just kind of snowballed. It weren't really out of, out of any intent, but, you know, one was that Pete orchestrated a NFL football pool. And so he had guys signed up and uh, all you had to do was put your picks in an envelope and mail them by whatever the date was, you know, Friday, maybe Friday. It used to have to have a Friday postmark on it. You would send it to Pete at Queens and, and then he would gather the mail, go through the picks. And then um, he would send out the standings, you know, who was in person. So we kept that going the whole fall. And then uh, we also started this other cool thing, which I really love is that, and, and I don't know, I, I think it was, maybe it was Bobby and I started it. And so I, I would call down and we didn't have any money, right? We're away at school. We got, we got a little bit of money. We're working. Like I worked in the, in the laundromat at Hopkins, right. For whatever, 18 bucks a week or every two weeks, whatever it was, I don't know where. So I would, you know, you pick up the phone and you make a collect call to, you know, and we had all, we had all the numbers in our head, right. That's the funny thing, right. You remember back you like, yeah. like, so I had Bobby's freaking Texas number in my head. So I'd pick up the phone at Hopkins in the laundromat cage and I'd call, you know, and, and I'd go to the operator, you know, this is, uh, um, you know, knocking begging. Well, that was the best one, but and worse of that. Yeah. So yeah. Collect call for EDM in from, you know, and worse of that, or we used to use football players all the time. Right. Collect call for, uh, Earl Campbell from, you know, and, and so we got in the habit then of, the guy that made the call would set it up. And the guy that answered the call, he, he would be the guy that would try to hang up the operator. Like, so keep the operator engaged. So at the same time, I'd sort of be like talking to Bobby, but we're talking through the operator. So I'm going, no, no, I've been, you know, I'm an old friend of Earl Campbell's. I really need to talk to him. And Bobby like, hang on a sec. I'll go get him. Just wait. And then Bobby would say, Hey, Donnie, how you doing? You know, it's so like, <laughs> we'd be going back and forth. And, and so you would either get lucky and you get a really good operator. We could be on there for five minutes plus, like not paying because he didn't accept the call, <laughs> you know, and then, or we could get a, an operator that wanted nothing to do with it. And she would just click, you know, but it just snowballed. So then Bobby started doing it to Pete. Pete started doing it to Al. Al started doing it to Case. And we kept going this whole school year. We were doing these collect calls and it was hilarious. It was just but we did, nobody ever called, called each other. Like I would never, we didn't have cell phones again, obviously we didn't have internet. We didn't, you know, we had the mail, thank God, but we never called. So it, it was expensive to call like a, a long distance call was very expensive back yeah. in the day. Yeah. So, and then when Pete would send out these updates and whatever, and then we, we got talking that we were going to have, we were going to have the 10 men winter meetings. So we were going to have the, when, when we all came back, for the holidays, we were going to have the 10 men winter meetings at guess where, Justin? Not McDonald's, but. Oh, the Skyline. Right. Yeah. Men's yeah. room. Yeah. Men's room. The men's room at the Skyline. So we picked a date, whatever it was that first Friday, we knew we were all going to be back. And we met at the Skyline men's room for the winter meetings. And, and no booze was involved then still, right? We're going to still yeah. stick to that line. It was a little bit. I think we got yeah. a little off course on that, Cote. I, somehow, if I. I yep. Yep. <laughs> 
Er, as you guys would say, Ernie dropped a tray that night, I guess. Oh, yeah. Well, the guys were just fired up to see each other, right? Like, oh, yeah. like, like these guys said, there were no cell phones in the day. So you really hadn't touched base, talked to a guy, like with the exception of using an operator for, for, for you know, for four five months. months. Five, yeah, and guys months. were just excited to see each other. So it yeah. was like those those eight ounce draft went away real quickly. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you would just talk shit at each other, which we were getting good at. By that time, we were just perfecting it, right? You know, what we now know is ragging and, and stuff. We just, you know, as I said before, you never really told the guy how good he was at something. He just picked on him about something he sucked at, right? So, so it, was, it was kind of funny that way. But we all just kept each other honest. We had a great time and stuff like that. Then, like, we, we, we over the course of that, that winter break, like, guys would have anywhere from, I think the Canadian schools only had maybe two weeks max off, but you know, some of the, some of the American schools would have a month plus off. I remember being off for like five weeks. I was home because after, then I would go to Humber college with you idiots. Cote. Yep. You know, Come over there for, yeah. You know, exactly. That shit show, you know, and, uh, and my brother, when did LeBear start? Yeah. When did LeBear start? Then, yeah. And so, that first uh, year, like yeah, that's, yeah. it was usually boxing day, right. Or like real close to no, Christmas, Christmas Eve, no? Christmas yeah. Eve. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, give, give him a rundown on what it is. Yeah. That's, that's probably completely yeah. foreign to Justin. Have you ever yeah. heard of that? Yeah. No, I've never. Yeah. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. So, so, so we, uh, we came up with this game that was, uh, we called LeBear, uh, which was a combination of lacrosse and baseball. And uh, so you, you played with either a stick, a lacrosse stick, or you played with a ball, ball glove. Right. And it was, played with football rules so you play on the football field and you'd have you know it could be anywhere it could be three on three or eight versus eight whatever and we'd play uh usually at tci a lot of yeah. the games were at yeah. tci right and from what i remember a lot of the games were in snowy you know yeah. frozen frozen tundra weather right and so we we'd all play there and the the idea was i think he had five downs to make the field or something to like to yeah. score a touchdown and if you didn't score a touchdown, you turned it over. But you would have a, a QB that, again, was, was either thrown, thrown, and it, we used an Indian rubber, either thrown an Indian rubber, and then you had receivers with sticks or ball gloves, or you had a QB that, that had a lacrosse stick and was thrown, you know. So, you know, we, we would have these teams and play this little bear up and down the field. And, and it wasn't have, tackle, Justin. What it was was if a guy caught the ball, you either touched him with a lacrosse stick or you could throw the, your baseball glove at him. And that, <laughs> and, that would, and that would kill the play. Yeah. But I remember that we got into the booze a lot of the times. <laughs> like I remember guys, because it was cold, guys showing up with a 26er, right? And you'd take your break if you, or we'd, you know, it would be on the sideline, you'd zip by and take a swig of that. <laughs> and it was, a, it was unbelievable. But guys, had, we'd play that and then go home for Christmas Eve, usually dirtier than hell and usually pretty mangled from all the booze we'd inhaled. So, so it took LeBaire for. Us. Yeah, Not I was going to say, it yeah. took for LeBaire to happen we, for we, the, uh, yeah, we, the guy that was pissed drunk on the roof to really start drinking is what, yeah. I, what I'm yeah. hearing. It was, but, it was a, I, I don't know how many years we played it, maybe 10, maybe. Yeah. We, we had Titanic matches, though. Like, oh, that, oh, yeah. it was great. Like, it was great. Yeah. And, Remember uh, Cracho? God rest his soul. He blew his knee out the one year, yeah. had to get operated on, came back the next year, blew his other knee out. Yeah. So you know, you know what, Cote? I think it was Boxing Day. I yeah, think it was, it was. Yeah, I, 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 I still, yeah. Because 
I remember that as, as the years went on there, we would, we would take off and go to a bar. And a, a lot of times, remember that one on Western Road on the corner, like on the bend? Across yep, yep. The, yeah, on the inside. Where Sleepy lived? Yeah. Yep. an apartment there that one time? What yep. was the name of the place? That place. I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So we would go there and actually while we were there, we kept bumping into people. So I, I remember like we, that was where we, we ran into Mike Fuda eventually one time he came in with a bunch of his buddies and, you know, <clears throat> a lot of us hadn't seen him in years. And then we, you know, we started talking and having a few, few cold ones. And then we invited him to come out, you know, for Dom day and stuff. And I remember that happened for a couple I forget the name of that place. I wish I could remember it. It was right on the bend there at. Uh, but those were great. Dixon, I'd say we probably Dixon. played for ten years, but they were an yeah. absolute laugh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we've got we've got a lot to make up make up for over uh, the last uh, last few years of uh, Dom Day being canceled. Maybe we uh, we squeeze in a LeBear tournament uh, on Boxing Day this this year. Do you think great. you can make it out? I, you know what? I would hazard to guess that. 60% of the guys would not be able to run in the field. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I myself was say, included. Yeah. I was going to say, whatever happened to Cracho in those two years where he blew out his knees, I, I would expect worse if we played LeBaire. And the other 40% would not be alive the next day. Yeah. Decided yeah. to play. I mean, we used no. to take a beating. Yeah, because it was oh. slippery. And like Don oh, said, it was always snow and you yeah. kill yourself. Yeah. And, and where did you guys come up with this idea? Was it? Probably Remember McDonald's, those guys, those idiots, Donnie and probably Case. Case, yeah. 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 Just just crazy. And we, we actually had, remember we had those jackets? World Bear <laughs> yeah. Champions? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when I went down back down to Hopkins, I used the sports store that I went to. They had great stuff, right? And so I, I bought, I used to buy the weirdest stuff. So I had this, I don't know if you guys, Cote Bay, remember I had this Indian sweatsuit that had like, like Indian feathers on it and stuff. <laughs> And I would wear it for La Bear. Oh, yeah. The pants had feathers down the side, whatever. And then one year, the guy, you know, he had like six jackets or whatever. So I had, I got, I got him screened on the back, world La Bear champions. (laughs) (laughs) And we gave him to the winner. So I I had one, but I don't know where, I don't know what happened to it. But uh, yeah, it went on forever. So we would do, we would do crazy stuff like that. So again, to, to answer the question, I guess. Right after Dom Day was like, okay, we got to do this again. And then things just started snowballing. And then while we were home too, on those breaks, a lot of time we would go visit somebody, right? So, you know, I, I remember going to Queens um, with a bunch of guys, you know, because like I said, the Canadian schools went right back. So we would go to Queens and we would, you know, have a ball at Pete's place or whatever. And then, you know, uh, uh, then you know, we would go to Clarkson, you know, and, and we would do the same thing right around that time frame. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we'd go to uh, Waterloo and do the same thing, you know? And uh, so it just started snowballing. And, and I think the, the groups became one. Yeah. So we're, we talked about where we had the, the West Humber, we had the TCI and whatever. So those guys just kind of all melded together and, and it just sort of took off, you know, we just, for whatever reason, we, we liked each other, you know, and, uh, it just, it just was good camaraderie, good spirit. And, uh, and then we would, you know, we can, we could talk about the fake out later letters and all that, all that stuff too, babe, but, uh, uh, Maidstone's the best. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll save those for a future episode. 
if you okay. guys are good with that. Yep, 100%. Awesome. So, guys, any final thoughts before we wrap it up? That was another good, uh, another good episode. Any final thoughts? Yeah, you know what? I mean, it, it is interesting how the group sort of came together and melded. And it's not just TCI and West Humber. It's, you know, back in the day when you're, when you're 18 and guys are 22 or 21, it seems like a huge spread. You know, now when you're 60 and the guy's 63, big deal. What's the difference? Uh, but, you know, back in that day, you thought there was such a big spread in age and, and the groups really came together and, and, you know, the guys have become great buddies, which is really neat. Uh, and it's lacrosse and the hockey guys and TCI West Humber. It's, you know, the guys that knew in university coming in. I mean, it's, it's pretty interesting how the groups have come together, but yeah, Donnie, I remember that. Those were some fun times in LeBear. You just go, what, what a stupid idea, but we just had so much fun and guys were game to do anything. Yeah. Oh, we just had yeah. a really fun group. Yeah. Yeah. Very, it was, uh, and that, that the LeBear was always competitive because it was uh, like, he hadn't played it. So you wanted to go so uh, bad, but exactly what you said, babe. And it was, you know, I look and think I would have never, you know, because obviously babe, you and case being brothers, uh, you know, you, you guys were kind of the, not the, the kingpin between the two schools and stuff like that. But I would have never met Donnie and guys like Sid and the McCrays and all that, Pete, if it hadn't been for Dom Day. You know, we yeah, we knew you guys through lacrosse, but that's how we really became close was obviously playing pickup ball, Dom Day one, and then all the silly stuff around it that went has gone on now for 43 years. Awesome. Yeah. Any and, final uh, thoughts, Donnie? No, I, I just think that, you know, again, the I think the beauty of it is there really was no plan. It just happened. So it, it's, it, that's hard to imagine now, if you look at Dom day 43 or, you know, any time in the recent history, it's hard to imagine that that could happen without a plan, but that's exactly what happened the first year. You know, there, there was no plan. It was like, let's play ball. Let's have a tournament. Let's pick teams. You know, let's all play each other. Let's have the two, two winners meet and let's have a good time. And it just, we did we did and then what happened after that the rest of that summer and then over the course of the next winter all led up to dom day two which was better than dom day one and we'll get into that you know on another episode but you know it just seemed to snowball and it was good chemistry the chemistry was good you know we had you know uh, some of the guys uh you know i mean the, some of my best friends now i i don't i guess i would never have met, really met you know um if that hadn't happened so that's kind of cool yeah. Yeah. And I, I think one other thing about Dom day one, too, Justin, I'm pretty sure we didn't worry about a fucking permit. <laughs> <laughs> or picking yeah. up the empties. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, I don't think you worried about a lot more than just a permit. <laughs> That's so. awesome guys. Great stuff. So uh, thank you again for, for joining us for, for episode two. And uh, I think we'll be back for another. We still got plenty of stories left to tell. Um, on a future episode, we are hoping, hoping to do a mailbag. So uh, if you guys want to send in any questions or comments for uh, the esteemed panel, please be sure to send us an email at info.domday at gmail.com. Again, that's info.domday at gmail.com. Thank you guys and see you next time. Trailers for sale or rent Rooms to let 50 cents No phone, no pool, no pets Ain't got no cigarettes I but 
Two hours of pushing broom buys and eight twelve four bedroom. I'm a man of means by no means, king of the road. Third box car, midnight train, destination banger, main. Whoa, worn out suit and shoes. I don't pay no union dues. I smoke old stogies. I have found short, but not too big around. I'm a man of means, by no means, king of the road. I know every engineer on every train. All that children, all of their names. Locked, it ain't locked when no one's around. I sing traders for sale or rent. Rooms let fifty cents. No phone, no pool, no pets. I ain't got no cigarettes. I've two hours of pushing boombies and eight or twelve four bedroom. I'm a man of means by. King of the road, trailers for sale or rent, rooms let fifty cents. No phone, no pool, no pets. I ain't got no cigarettes, but two hours of pushing broom buys and eight or twelve.